1: Well, hello, hello, hello. And so good to have you back for Series 6 of My Mate Bought a Toaster. Thank you very much indeed for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Uh, today's episode, the brilliant Scroobius Pip. Um, he's such a great guest. So good that I've uh, I've Tim keyed him, guys. We've turned Tim key into a verb. I've keyed this guy. Um, so uh, we're going to have part one of Scroobius Pip today. And then I'm going to drop part two on Friday this week. So tell your friends... Uh, and, you know, subscribe and like and review and rate and all that rubbish, and um, enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. If this was you, you can disregard the message, yes, this was, go ahead, let this guy in. I think Amazon have now had so many notifications for this podcast, they should start warning you. Are you doing My Mate Bought a Toaster podcast? <laughs> yeah. Click no to cancel this ill-thought-out idea. If you've changed your mind, yeah, exactly. please exactly. click here. You do not need this. Your profile is already high enough. You're not even getting paid. What are you doing? If you're too polite to back out, <laughs> let us know and we'll block them. <laughs> oh, when
0: I need a life, there's a help in you. Talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find and they're telling the stories. Can somebody, yeah, another name Of the show, please? My made
1: Alright, welcome on to My Maybo Toaster. Here we are, and uh, this week I am very, very delighted to welcome uh, a podcasting legend uh, and a music legend as well, the brilliant Scroobius Pip. Hello, Scroobius Pip. Welcome. Hello, sir. I'm pleased to be here. I've already got beard envy straight off the bat. You've really, you've always had that strong length to your beards, you know? Yeah, and since moving into acting in between roles... I just tend to not get my beard or hair cut because yeah. I'd rather they cut it for the character. Do you, do you know what I mean? Right. Like the the, uh, the few times I've had to have my beard extended for a role, yeah. it's a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of glue and <laughs> and whatnot. So I'd rather go right. Here's everything. Here's long hair, long beard. Yeah. Create the character you want. Here's your canvas. You're a tw- so you're yeah. A, a 2022, Brian Blessed. That's what you are. Exactly. You've, you're going in. You've got to go in long. And then they can take it back. To be honest, mate, that's my approach to acting. I go in too yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, bring me down. And then you can just you bring, can just bring me, down. me down. You let me know where you need me. Have you had the whole thing shaved off for acting gigs? No, I've wanted to a few times. I yeah. did. Um, I did the last Venom film, and I really wanted to go kind of big, big handlebar moustache. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's the look. But because because there's not loads of actors with big beards, I think mm. often not that it's g- g- getting me the jobs <laughs> but but often they are going well this is this is different it stands out it makes it feel more real because yeah, yeah. yeah not a lot of actors have big beards so whatever you're yeah, dying to mate and also in the age of um, of a self tape as well yeah because they're just going they're going to flick it on they're going to go oh hello Scroobius pip they're going to go they're going to go beard and they're going to go he hasn't even spoken yet fucking yeah. fuck it he's got the gig yeah and then I speak and I've got a stammer <laughs> and it ruins everything so yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> they could edit around. I saw that in posts. The journey of my self-tapes. The journey of my self-tapes. Oh, my God. I hate a self-tape. tapes. <laughs> right. So, um, listen, talking of uh, journeys, we're going to go into a journey of your purchase history. All right, Scroobius. So um, here's the deal. I'm going to go right back to your first ever purchase. So, so I'm clicking on your orders right now. It's... I've, I've not even glanced at this. I'm incredibly nervous about it because I've no idea what's in there. Delightful. All right. So we're going back to 2006 there we are that's our first right. purchases uh, 2006 okay. can you remember what you were doing on the 14th of May 2006 so 2006 would be just as my music career was started okay. Thou should Always Kill came out in 2006 I'd quit my job in HMV in 2005 I think to try and, and make it at music yeah. so yeah. I've no idea what I would have been doing, but... Did you get inspired for that song by, by working at HMV and telling a series of over-serious music people that they were just a band? That was just... A- yeah. I mean, is that is that yeah. is that the tiredness of working behind a counter at HMV in musical form? There's going to be a level of it, of uh, <laughs> of calming down music nerds yes. and going, it's all right. There's, <laughs> I know you're passionate about this, but there was a guy in last week who was equally passionate about <laughs> cast. Um, so... It's all good, but I also think I also think working in HMV made me hold off on Amazon for a bit because it was yeah. working in retail at that time when Amazon came about. It was a rivalry. It was like they're the enemy. Yeah, they're going to kill kill the high street. Mm, so mm. I think there was an element of like I've heard again as as I've said, I'm a fan of the pod, and I've heard a lot of them starting in 2002, 2003, or whatever. I think there will be an element of going no, 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 no. But once I'd left HMV, yeah. um. And when I left, they refused to give me my payoff um, or my bonus that year because one month of my notice was in the year that the bonus should have been in. Yes. So they could get out of, they had a get out clause. So I think after that, I was like, Right, bring on Amazon. (laughs) You have just inspired me to grab some. All right, okay. So uh, your first act of hostility to uh, to (laughs) HMV came on the 14th of May, 2006, when you bought uh, the DVD of The Last Resort. You remember this movie? It cost 19 pounds 70. Not really. Who's in it? There's going to be an actor in it, I love. I guarantee. Dina Kauzin, a uh, Tanya, a vulnerable and naive young Russian, arrives at Gatwick Airport with her 10-year-old son to meet her English fiancé. But when he fails to show up, a distraught Tanya claims political asylum and finds herself virtually imprisoned in a nightmarish refugee holding centre in a lonely seaside resort. Does this ring any bells? Is this? Uh... Do you want me to go and get it off my DVD oh my shelf? God. It's only over there. You, it's across the room. you literally got it? Yeah, come on. Let's bring yeah, it back to let, life. Here we go. I, let me go and have a look. Right, that... I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. This is called doing a key now. This is doing a Tim key. Stepping off away from the podcast to go and see what he can find. You can hear him just thumbing through the DVD collection. And as I pick it up, instantly the mystery is solved as I see Paddy Considine on the front cover. A a much-discussed actor on this podcast. That'll be why, at that point, I'd watched Room for Romeo Brass... I'd, I'd been recommended that randomly, and it blew me away. And then Dead Man's Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes, and then, mate. Yeah. You're right there. You're right there. Yeah. Beautiful, right? See, so yeah, that'll be it. At that point, I was buying everything that Paddy had ever done. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got that magical thing where, you know, he just... It looks like... Mark uh, Rylance has got it as well. It looks like they're doing nothing. Yeah. He's just doing some speaking. It makes acting look... Frankly, it's insulting to people who act because it makes it look fucking easy, and it's not. It's yeah. really hard. I, I always remember getting a bit of ad, advice, and this is a big n- 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 name drop now, but my third ever acting gig, I was lucky enough to work with Tom Hardy, and he really kind of, he took me under his wing a bit, oh. and he was saying, there's a few scenes, he was saying, M- make b- make bold ch- choices, yeah. but don't force them. If you can't think of anything bold to do, do nothing. And 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 the audience will, will fill in the gaps. And he's kind of he kind of said, "There's loads of performances of his where ju- just the camera and the sound and everything else, yeah. and the, the, the even the editing, the thing that the image that came before and the image that comes after, yeah. has added to him going, I can't think of anything to to do this, so I'm just going to do nothing." <laughs> and to extended sure. period, but it, but and just, it's beautiful. It was such good advice because yeah. particularly when you're, I had no acting. Tr- training and all that kind of thing and when you're on those in those smaller early roles Mm. you can completely overdo it and try and over over egg the pudding try and make something out of it but go in right no just if you're not the the focus of this scene then just Get on with your life mm, as such. Mm. Think about stuff. It's thinking character, yes. But but just think, and that's that's all you need to be doing. The hardest thing to do, and this is a part that I've often had in my acting career, is the turn up for a day or two. Uh, small cog, important cog for the plot, but really mm. no no artistic license to do anything. And yeah. everyone's looking at you like, mate, you just need to ask him the question so he can explode and do the th- and be motivated to do the next part of his journey. And yeah. if you don't ask him yeah. that question, well, we're all fucked. And and there's nothing. And you're, so you're really trapped and. It's I, I've always likened it to uh, playing the triangle at the end of the orchestra. It's it looks like it's just that. That's all you got to do. But it's really the pressure you put on yourself. Gen- genuinely, the most nervous I've ever been. I had one day on a on a Netflix thing yeah. in Prague, I think it was, and the cast were all under sixteen in this particular scene. So it's these young kids who are mm. doing absolutely amazing. Mm. They've got lo- lo- loads of dialogue. They're on this bench. Mm. Halfway through, I have to walk in. And tell them all to shut up essentially, and then walk back out. The nerves I felt because I'm like, well, they've got all of this dialogue, all of the stuff they're putting through. Yeah. All I've got to do is pop up and do my one That's thing. It. If I get it wrong, and you feel it feels fake, as, as said, you can't do anything with the character. It feels like you're yeah. Yeah. walking in a scrubious pit going, <laughs> stop talking, everyone. And it's like it's Yeah. And you don't and also it's sort of the background of it as well, the background colour is, you know, you get you get flown out for one day. I, I had one I was flown to LA for a day on, on Torchwood and I'd had a bigger part in that, but there yeah. were still a couple of episodes that I didn't have much to do. And that was okay because I knew the crew. When you don't know the crew, everyone's very nice. Yeah. It's not because they're not pleasant, but they've all bonded. They're all a gang. You're walking to someone else's office. You are walking to someone else's office, doing a massive party trick, you know, fifteen keepy uppies in a row, and then leaving. And it's Yeah. And if you can't do 15 Keepers Up in the road, then um, why are you even here? It's horrendous. On, on, on this Netflix one, weirdly it made it worse because we're in the green room and w- one of the actors was a fan of the podcast. So all the talk <laughs> beforehand had been about me. Everyone like, oh, you should hear this, oh, you should do this. So I'm then built up. <laughs> and it's weird that I've been flown out for literally a walk-on, a brief walk-on part kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it kind of added to the the pressure because it's like it was as if I was a big deal yeah. and it's pure chance like the podcast people who are into it are really into it but it's not an off menu or whatever else that's got millions of oh, listeners come on, so it's one of it's the thinking of them man's off menu mate it's the thinking man's yeah. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of them it just added to that pressure because now it's like oh Pipsy oh, oh Pipsy it. and it's like that's... I've just got to walk on and go keep it down <laughs> or whatever the line was <laughs> oh, that is my nightmare people so people bad. with high expectations of me yeah. is my nightmare a cultured left foot the 11 elements of footballing greatness tell us about this if you can remember this one that is, yes, that's a book by Moose Rock Wonga, who's a friend of mine, and it's one of the best sporting books ever written oh, really? because Musa, he's, he now writes loads of sporting stuff. He hosts um, Stadio, He's he's co-hosts a lot of Ian Wright's his uh, House podcast. He's on Five Live, isn't he? Yeah, he's done Five Live yes, stuff. Sure he's he's absolutely amazing, life, yeah. but I know him from the spoken word scene. Yes. So true. a wonderfully articulate poet writing a book about... Football was the perfect combination for, of for me. I've been going to Millwall since I was four or five, mm. so I've been a football fan. But I'm a bearded poet. You know, it doesn't really fit with the Millwall kind yeah. of reputation. Um, and and Musa, as I said, amazing p- 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 poet and musician, had been at that point asked offered numerous book deals because he's this amazing writer. No one expected his first book to be about football, but the way he describes, like, a particular run of Messi's or a particular few different moments from Zidane, like the way he describes uh, Zidane's footballing style, was it's not like a Messi or a Ronaldo where it feels as if they're showing off. Zidane feels like he just wants to get the ball from A to B in the quickest, easiest way, he just doesn't have limitations. Oh, that's such a good All limitations are removed and it's it's purely functional. It's not, it's not frilly, it's not showing off, it's purely functional. He just doesn't have the limitations. Pure need with no limitations. That's genius. And it's beautiful and it's, yeah, it's an amazing book and Moose has gone on to write numerous books um, and yeah, he's now one of the most respected political commentators and all sorts of other things. He's, He's astounding, but it's, it's, yeah, that was his first book. I love the idea of articulating the art and poetry of good football, of any yeah. good sport, because yeah. sport, for some reason, certainly when I was a kid, you either were arty or you were sporty, the end. Yeah. yeah. And I wish, I, I think that's changed, I hope that's changed, but the poetry of when I watch, oh God, I, was, I watched Liverpool Spurs the other night, I was in the cop and i i just welled up it was just amazing just the sheer force of all these people and when we equalized and oh random scousers grabbing me and just this kind of visceral like nothing else in this noise i just looked up and i could see the corrugated roof of the cop and i looked up and i thought this is almost an out of body experience and mate people need to understand that it's not some stupid simple oi oi let's let's lads it's not that at all i completely feel it i've my relationship with football has changed over the years a little in recent years but Still, for a long time, exactly that. I want people to understand the the beauty of oh, it. Like when my parents split up, football with my dad was a really important part of my life. Particularly Boxing Day. Boxing Day we'd do Christmas yeah, with my mum, fair. and me and my dad would go to Millwall on Boxing Excellent. Day, and it meant the world. But for for blokes from Essex to have somewhere where they can connect, where you're facing forward, yeah, so you can have. Big conversations and not have the awkwardness of eye contact. Um, (laughs) And one of the most emotional moments in my life was at Millwall. Um, Neil Harris was, I think, our top goal scorer of all time already. Um, And then he got a testicular cancer. He'd taken over from Teddy Sheridan as top goal scorer of all time. He got testicular cancer and was out for a good year or so. And Millwall stood by and supported and paid his wages Mm. And then he came back. He got over it. He beat testicular cancer and he came back. And he had a few games and he wasn't quite where, you know, he had been. Obviously, it takes a bit of time to get back. Yeah. And I remember the game where I, it might have been he had to score to become the top goal scorer of all time or something. But I remember he hadn't scored since coming back. And in my m- m- memory, we passed it round almost every player in the team in the box yeah. <laughs> loads could have tapped it in waiting for Neil to get in position get it Then it and the crowd just on the oh. edge of their seats and then it got to him and he scored and the Millwall players lifted him up and brought him over to the home fans oh my God. and it, there were tears it was so beautiful and emotional because it was this long term story of a beloved player who came from non-league to Millwall yeah. Um Became our top goal scorer of all time, and then had something horrific come out of left field, and could have killed him, mm. could have ended his career, mm. and then no, he comes back, and it was it's glorious, yeah, man. Yeah. It is poetic, and it is a totally. beauty. It's it's a, it's a Greek myth. It's it's everything about it is just fantastic. I love I love all these elements to it, and I love and it's become more and more so now that people write about they write around the sport and not just the basics of it and, and look into the yeah higher emotions of it so that's a cultured left foot the 11 elements of footballing greatness uh, by Musa Okwanga. that looks fantastic I didn't know about that book I didn't realise he even wrote that's how stupid I am I just, I've just heard him on five live loads but I will be yeah. looking into that that is great um, so let's uh, skip on ahead a bit now we're going to 2009 oh my god this is amazing you have bought Family Fortunes the interactive DVD game hosted by Vernon <laughs> K. you've bought it not once you've bought it not twice you have bought it on three separate occasions in December <laughs> happy christmas i have no idea what that is i don't i'm not i'm pretty sure i don't own it but why would i have bought three <laughs> that's this is obviously gifts i yeah. do briefly remember again this is in this is still kind of the early days of dvds mm. i do briefly remember having some fun when dvd games became a thing the dvd game and, mate yeah it's christmas yeah. time you, you, you've yeah. got, hang on, let's let's be... But three. Be fair to yourself. How much did oh, I enjoy yeah, it? I'm, <laughs> to go, let's go, oh, everyone needs to have one of these. Oh, my God. So here we go. Look, we've got a Marilyn Monroe black phone sock. This is 19th of December, 2009. Uh, so this is not, I wouldn't say a phone holder. This is literally a sock that you put your phone in and leave your phone in. And this is December, right? Uh, September, September. 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 It's even more yeah. mysterious. I was going to say that has to be a Christmas present. It to, well, it's early if it is for my partner at the time, but I'm not that organised to be getting presents in September. It's um, it's it's pretty extraordinary. Um, you've bought on the same day. you bought Negative Space by Noma Bar. Right. Um, yeah. Um, amazing book. Amazing artist. Yeah. Makes. Um, around then, I'd stopped doing stencil art. So I used to be kind of the first time I used the name Scroobius Pit was on walls that it shouldn't have been on. Oh. Um, so I was obsessed with the the simplicity of, of of shapes and how much you could get, how much you could tell from four or five sh- shapes. Like a few of my stencils would be portraits of actors, all sorts of different yeah. things, and there'd be maybe six blocks of black in there. Yet you, you could recognise them completely. I love that. And I remember finding Noma Bar, and it is all kind of—it's all outlines, mm. all the the briefest of of things. You, yet you know exactly who it is or what it yeah. is. So yeah, yeah that's what this—that um, will have been me trying to be a little bit. Oh, I'm into art. I'm learning about <laughs> art now. I'm a bit of an art guy. You <laughs> well, know, you've doubled, haven't you? You've doubled in so much stuff. So you you did the. I mean, would you call yourself, yeah. a, is stenciling technically graffiti artist? Is that what you'd have called yeah, yourself? Yeah, yeah. Did you get in trouble? That's so. a, my sort of, my dead, uh, dead straight, repressed middle-class upbringing just says straight away, but hang on, you'll get told off, Scribius. You can't get told off. What are you thinking? I'd do it under cover of night. Oh. There was, again, I'm sure there's a statute of, of limitations now. If not, this is all just character. Um, <laughs> this is all character work. Um, towards the end of my stenciling career, I'd do it in a high-vis j- jacket with a nightcap on because that's the the the, the uniform yeah. of, of 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 builders and i just look as if i'm meant to be there uh, th- i do it with rollers instead of spray cans yeah. so it looks like i'm official but this comes back to something which i've spoken about before high vis jackets you stick a high vis jacket on especially in this country yeah. you could do i could walk into danny street yeah yeah, it's hiding in plain sight, isn't it? Go and organise cues. Just go and get high-vis jacket on. Just go and shout at cues. Move around there, please. And people will do it. People will do it. It's control.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, all right, fine. So that's 2009. Uh, family fortunes, a real highlight for me there. Uh, let's so let's move on to 2000. Weird that I bought three and I've got no clear memory of it. That's the bit that really gets yeah. me. Oh, look, we got, we've got a rechargeable fluorescent lantern. Was this to help you with your uh, stenciling career here? This was bought on the 29th of December so chargeable th- oh so that's probably f- f- for music videos oh, okay okay because because all my music videos we shot just me and my mates it was around 2000 uh, when was this uh, sorry? this is 20 beginning of 2010 or end of 20 end of 2010 we are now end of 2010 so yeah so uh, we would shoot a lot of our own music videos. And my mate Tom, who was a photographer, didn't have any video experience, mm. started being cameraman for it, but we couldn't afford pr- proper kit. So for lighting and stuff... Mate, you've bought a flip. You've bought a flip. A flip, yeah. Well, there you go. Again, ex- ex- exactly. There'd be a lot of that for documenting tour stuff. Yeah. Uh, for, for Yes. So that, I'd imagine, it'll all be a music video type. Yeah. Let's ch- charge things up and see what we can make. And when you made the video for Thou Shalt Always Kill... Which is... It's iconic. It's incredible. Was that literally just the two of you, or how how big were the production values for that bad boy? So that was two hundred pounds, and we <laughs> borrowed a hundred of it because we didn't have two hundred pounds. So we borrowed a hundred off Dan's mate Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, um, Mike. And and that was it. It was it was a guy called Nick Frew, who was again a friend of Dan's, who was a director, and just a load of really creative people helping out. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was. Two hundred quid, and that's that's all we had. I went to outdo that when I did Intradiction, which was my first kind of s- solo video that that bl- blew up. I had a hundred quid for that. <laughs> and it, it's like we're going b- 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 backwards. This was like four or five years later, and we're going in the other direction. What is the biggest video that you've done then with you the, with the music stuff? Was there a kind of ridiculous production values thing? Because I saw uh what was that a stunner there's there's like you in that club there's loads going on there that's quite a lot of stuff again that was so, so low budget me and my mate tom made that we i borrowed the downstairs of the roundhouse yes um so that's the, that's the basement of the roundhouse that we got for free um it's it's a it's a one shot but we didn't have like any kind of Rigging, but Tom had t- 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 two kids, so we took the seat out of a pram and <sighs> taped a tripod in. So that smooth movement is a big wheeled pram with a tripod taped in and the camera on that, all, all, all gaffered up. And then he's just pulling this pram he's around, literally pushing his kid's pram around the yeah. basement of the roundhouse for a music yeah. It looks wicked, and How it's again, yeah, that? it was it was amazing that that maybe oh, we bro. had a grand budget f- for that best so yeah all of our stuff was exactly that Our you will see me one which looks high end a mate of mine worked in in a theater in 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 harrow yeah um and he was like we've got a set of a bedroom do you want me to put it up when we closed on sunday or or whatever day it was so yeah. when they were closed we just came in and had Two days making this music video, and it's this amazing set. It looks beautiful. Obviously, had all their lighting, but that was completely a, a blag. We didn't but you know have the budget. You know what? When you do stuff like this, when you're blagging and you're borrowing, and you, and I've done things like this myself, and you cobble stuff together, the, and this sounds really pretentious, but the artistic purity and the intention of it remains really on it, and you're really focused. yeah And as soon as you've got money and budget and people, execs and whatever, who start coming in with opinions, the whole thing gets completely diluted. But when you're doing it like that, we've got a day, it's your baby, what do you want to do? You're never going to replicate that. It's almost yes. worth, even when you're successful, just do things for no budget. It's it's weird. As as we have this d- 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 discussion this week, I'm starting to shop about a script I've written. Um, and it's the first one I've written that's b- back to that. It's in, yeah. in the pitch document. I kind of say, look... <laughs> it's not necessarily got any commercial appeal, but we can make it really cheap and I think it will be beautiful. All the other stuff I've written and had in development is more traditional. It's more, well, we're going to need a big production. Mm. This, 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 this is the first one I've written that I'm like, it's close to being able to be made by me and my mates, but it's not quite there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the closest to all the music videos that I've done because it's like right, it's just a concept and it's so achievable, yeah, um, for such a, a, a low price. But yeah, so when you're bandying that about, are you just sending that to producers or, or are you like looking for a little bit of budget to do it? Is that how it works? Yeah, it's it's looking, it's gonna it's going to production companies. Right, it's gonna need a bit of budget, but yeah, but yeah, everything else I've had, it's been like we've either been in talks with Channel Four or Netflix or whatever else. Yeah, and then it's not quite got there whereas this one I'm like if we can get just one of them on board yeah. then it can be fun. Like it's it's affordable. Although you know? to be honest mate if it's low budget Netflix could be perfect for it now. That is a Netflix joke, ladies yep. and gentlemen that is a Netflix yep. joke they're <laughs> fucked. It's
0: my, maid, water, toaster, oh, oh. It's my maid, water,
1: Uh, 4th of March 2010, uh, look, here we are. Clang the bell, ladies and gentlemen. It happens every episode. He's bought his own goods. Uh, Poetry in emotion, the illustrated works of Scroobius Pip by Scroobius Pip. There we are. Good. We love that. We love that on this show. I will have reviewed it, surely. (laughs) Surely I will have reviewed it. If you haven't, do bear in mind I'm logged into your account, as we speak. Perfect. And uh, I can definitely help with that. And look, the reviews are all... Oh, mate, I don't want to blow too much smoke up your bum bum, but the reviews are... Contemporary poetry at its best, amazing, uh, amazing, a must-read and a must-have, stunning. And those are all by uh, Mister and Mrs. S. Pip. That's that. One um, <laughs> this one's by Boobius Scripps. Written this one, uh, um, David Meese has done one here. Lovely. We're <laughs> genuine people. Genuine people. You see, that was that was a really fun. Again, as as anyone will excuse themselves on their own purchases, and it's true. It's always for family members, to give a signed copy or a friend or whatever else because you don't actually have any yourself. But that was a really fun one because, again, a little bit inspired by Musa. At that point, I'd been approached by numerous people to do a book of poetry and I was like, I would feel like a fraud because I didn't grow up reading books of poetry. So when someone, I think an artist just illustrated one of my poems and I went, oh, hang on, I have grown up reading comics mm. so i then i approached titan who in the uk put out the watchman yeah. and numerous other things and said look here's a few examples i want to do a graphic novel of poetry so my poems are turned into short comics and yeah that's kind of what we came up with and yeah yeah It worked. So nice. So good. So good. Um, And look, we're going into uh, 2011 now. The purchase numbers go up. So we're up to 43 orders in a year. Okay. Okay. That's still tame. Still, It's only 2011. We've still got time, mate. We've still got time. Yeah. Uh, What's this? The Burra EM35 electronic stimulation unit. This was £37 uh, bought in July 2011. And what is it? Oh, it's it's an abs trainer, mate. It's an abs Abs trainer. Abs trainer, Yes. Here we go. Talk yeah. to us about your abs. I got one of those abs trainers. Um, years later, unrelated, I got abs. Um, <laughs> but completely unrelated because electrocuting yourself to try and get abs is a ludicrous idea. But I remember I had I had a flat at that point, and I remember I would use that d- daily, and I quite quickly got up to the highest setting. <laughs> oh, mate, it's a terrible idea. It's a stupid, stupid <laughs> Does thing Does it to make do. you flinch? Are you just sort of doing yeah, that? Yeah, it time? just tightens up. Oh, 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 oh. Um, That's exactly what it is. And I get the logic as well, because it is, it's tightening your muscles repeatedly. But years <laughs> later, so more 2017 or 18, yeah. I actually got into fitness and learnt that, <laughs> yeah. that, that... Diet is get diet. It's Abs- diet, it's, yeah, yeah. and... If you're doing shoulder exercises, right, like I do a lot of kettlebell stuff. If you're doing shoulder exercises, right, you're working your abs as well. If you're doing box jumps, you're working your abs as well. It's not about (laughs) sit-ups and electrocuting yourself. Can you imagine walking into a gym and just seeing different versions of this, people doing their biceps and people doing their legs? But also, imagine up until now... I would guess maybe one person ever knew I owned that. Yeah. Because my partner at the time would have known, I'm sure. But that's not the kind of thing you talk about, is it? That's not the kind of thing you go, I've got this. Because it feels, particularly in the arts, it feels um, boringly aesthetic and egotistical to want to have abs. I'm now on the thing of... If you want to look good, look good. If you don't, don't, it's all I don't think there should be any shame in either. I think it's fine to go, I want to look I want to have abs and I think, sexy shoulders. <laughs> I think, um, I think uh, our sort of modern relationship with bodies and uh uh you know the anti-body shaming thing, which is brilliant in terms of uh, yeah. what are perceived as negative things, it goes both ways. If you want to be vain, then that's now much finer than it used to be. Definitely. Mate, honestly, the the benefits to my mental health when I'm in reasonably good shape yeah. and again I, i'm not in amazing shape but i always say i try to keep um a six or seven week intense program away from being in movie shape yeah yeah nice, uh, nice. <laughs> so i'm, 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 I'm ready I'll, to strike but i need two months i'm within reaching distance yeah. i'm not going to keep at that level i'm not an athlete but i'm within i'm within reaching distance of if a role comes in and they say you're going to be naked it's like right <laughs> g- 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 give me time um but yeah, that it is good I, for me. Again, I hate the fact that it affects my mental health, but yeah. if I'm looking all right, yeah. If I walk past a, mi- a mirror in the morning and go, "Oh, is that guy I'm looking well?" Yeah. It gives me it gives me that 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 hit of 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 dopamine or whatever it is and yeah. Of course, it's much better than being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better than being electrocuted. Famously quite bad for your mental health. Imagine me in my first ever flat living on my own. <laughs> Electrocuting myself with an evening, probably eating a tub of ice cream as I'm doing it. <laughs> I love it. I love Absolute it. Absolute idiot. Oh, that's so good. And where, so by this point, what's going on with uh, music versus acting versus podcasting? Where are you at in the sort of? So we 2011, did you say? So I will have just l- launched my s- solo career. So I would have just turned 30. Mm. Um, so that again explains. Things like ad machines, <laughs> trying That's... to trying to keep something alive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I will have just released my s- solo r- record on my own l- label. So a weirdly stressful time because it all seems dr- 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 dreamy and idyllic. But but as you'll know, anything like that, it's a b- a bed of admin. Yes. You know, the artistic side of it is exciting, but r- 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 running your own label, it's a bed of admin, and it's and it's an uncomfortable one. Um, boring so it would have been so that. boring all the admin yeah. oh my god all of that so I will have been I wouldn't have moved into acting yet it was a while after this that the aforementioned Paddy Considine mm. and Simon Pegg and Riz Ahmed kind of all nudged me and said clearly you love acting like why aren't you doing that and it was it was purely a imposter syndrome I was like I'm not an actor I've not gone to drama school and all that mm. so it was years later that I had Paddy on the on the podcast, and he was like, as soon as we finished, he was like, "Your excitement over all of the little nuances, why aren't you doing this?" Yeah, um, you get it, you get it, you yeah, get it. yeah. So it's see, so yeah, a long way off of that. The podcast hadn't happened yet. Okay, I think I started my radio show around two thousand and thirteen or fourteen, maybe, okay. and it was it was I did that for a year, and then started the podcast. I think I started the podcast around two thousand. 16 maybe okay so we're just pre that sort of stuff and then we've got yeah lots of kit as well the zoom uh h4n this is an audio recording device aka a microphone but sort of attack it looks like a sort of old bricky phone uh this is 4th of january 2012 and and the quality of recording on that is probably the same as what i've got on my phone now and this costs 281 pounds yeah i wonder i wonder what that would have been for because again, it will have been for kind of on the road type, yeah, stuff. But I wasn't doing the podcast at that point. As, like, wait, as, if that you're that writing something new, is that you do like audio oh, no. notes for yourself? No, tell t- tell a lie. In 2011, I made a feature film that I've never really t- t- told anyone about because we never got around to releasing it. We've still not got a final edit of it. Weirdly, the, the editor, I'm seeing him tonight, and a month or so ago, he was like, "I'm going to have another." A, b- a bash at that. I wrote a zero budget, or I think we ended up spending four or five grand to make the whole thing. And that's because yes. the two main people in it, I paid a grand each. Yeah. And the rest was just s- smaller people. I didn't pay myself. And it was buying things like that. So it's it's kind of a documentary and kind of a drama. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I remember in that I had to interview people for that, and that's what I got the Zoom for. Right. So it was to interview people, mm. and we had a month, and I got my two mates together, and I was I was all sh- Shane Meadows on it. I was like, look, I've not scripted it, but <gasps> bloody love Shane Meadows. I've not scripted it, but I've got it all figured out, and <laughs> I've oh. now learned as a writer, I've learned that was my my laziness. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not Shane at some point. Oh, 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 we need to get get back on that. It's called Sam. So if at any point we do anything with it... Right. Can I claim... You heard it here first. Exactly. Can I claim some sort of exclusivity? And I, this was the conversation that just nudged it over the line. 100%. Because I will die now on that, mate. You know what, though? What you want, what's really enigmatic is you need to die. Because for a film to come out that was sort of on the back burner or in a drawer after you've died, that's that's A-list, mate. Yeah. But also... My thought when he was going to start editing it was, a, a let's film something that would fit into it now, and then we can pull a link ladder and say we've been making this for twelve years. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We've oh. been making when when really oh. we, we made it for a month in two thousand and eleven. Oh, genius. And a week in twenty twenty two. Always the plan. <laughs> Ooh. My My friend, Lord, a Right, so Series 6, Episode 1, Part 1 is done. That was Scroobius Pip. More of him this Friday. uh, We'll be discussing, well, just more random stuff. It's such a great episode. I'm so proud of of this uh, this double bill. It's a really good one. He's such a a top, top guy. Um, Before I go, a couple of bits of business. This is the bit where most of you stop listening. Um, If you can rate and review and all that stuff, thank you. Secondly, I do a golf podcast. I know! not everyone likes golf it's called golf is ruining my life if you're into golf in the slightest check it out i think you might enjoy it and here's a quick trail for a friend of mine's brand new podcast Uh, she's called katie and i think you will like this she is awesome
0: hi katie hi claire news flash episode one of talking with cancer launches 25th of may and what can people expect
1: it's the first time we speak since i found out i have cancer and it's all about my journey up to diagnosis There's still so much that's unknown. The doctors seem confused and everything is very complicated.
0: We talk about how you've decided to face it head on and what a positive approach means to you. And I realise talking with cancer is
1: for everyone because everyone in some way is impacted by cancer.
0: You might know someone with cancer or have questions about cancer or might also be dealing with a diagnosis of your own. We hope you'll join us on the 25th of May for our first episode. See you then.
1: Oh, that's my alarm. That was really bad time. That's my alarm to take my pill, which I've done. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Then that's all the bits of business done for today's episode. See you Friday. Take care. All the best. Kind regards. Lots of love. Thanks for coming.